Good morning, Grace Covenant. What a privilege to connect with you as we get into the Word this morning. Now, these have been challenging times, all a bit separated, safer at home. We certainly understand that, but we're grateful for the technology that enables us to connect with you and worship together. This morning, we're launching a new series titled, I Choose. And over the next few weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about this, the power of choice. So here's a question for you. Have you ever made a bad choice? If so, there in the chat line, why don't you type in, oh, me. And probably you've made, along with the bad choices, a lot of good choices as well. So if you made some good choices in your life, why don't you type in the word, amen. And the reality is, in life, we all make choices, good choices, bad choices. And here's the reality. You know, there's a lot of things in life that happens that we have no control over. And one of the things I've discovered is what we always have control over is how we choose to respond to those situations and circumstances. And it's the choice you make that will shape the life you're experiencing. You know, and the wonder of God's creation is he created humanity. Uh, he created us with a free will. I mean, God could have created us all as like pre-programmed robots where he's kind of just like controlling and man- manipulating our lives. But he chose not to do that. He chose to create us with a free will, knowing that at times we would make right choices as well, at times we would make wrong choices. Uh, we could choose to accept God or reject God. We could choose to serve others or serve ourselves. We could choose to like do right or do wrong. But our choices, to, to a great degree, shape the outcome of our lives. So God gives us the ability to choose. You know, it's interesting. If you do a search in the Bible, there's over 500 passages of Scripture that have the idea of a conditional response. Passages of scripture where we're challenged to make the right choice. And and with all of these, God's trying to communicate that we affect, get this, we affect much of the outcome of life. God hinges his blessing or his judgment on on what we choose. So we need to understand the power of choice. Matter of fact, I want you to listen to how this scripture reads. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 15, the scripture says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity. Death and destruction. This day I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Get that. Now choose life that you and your children may live. So God basically says, I'm I'm giving you two choices. One is a path of life. One is a path of death. The one path brings Jesus into the situation. One path allows the, the enemy to work. One way releases life, the other's filled with darkness. One choice brings blessings, the other brings curses. See, every choice we make places a door in front of us that, that opens an unfolding pathway, and the pathway is this, it's the life that you experience. So what we know is that the choices we make can, can set us up for good, or they can set, up, set us up for bad. That's the power of choosing. Then it all hinges on the choices that we make. And I'm reminded of this, of a, a story in my childhood. One of my best friends growing up was, a, was a, a young man by the name of Dobie Tester. He just lived a couple miles from us out in the country. And, and we grew up same age. We grew up riding bikes together, fishing together, hunting together. We just spent a lot of time together. Went to the same church together, in the same Sunday school class together. Every year we went to the same church camp. We just hung out a lot. He was one of my best buddies. But as he, we got to about the age 15, 16, one of the things that I began to see is that my friend Dobie was making choices different than the choices that, that I, were, I was making. He began to uh, 
kind of test out some substances, um, began consuming some alcohol. Just it, it, There was choices that he was making that, that were not the choices that I wanted to make. And long story short, fast forward, in his mid-twenties, my friend Dobie, in a, um, a bad state of mind due to substances, due to drugs, went into his parents' home demanding money. They wouldn't give him money, and he ended up murdering both his dad and his mom. So today... My best friend from my childhood is doing life without parole in prison. And I think about my life, where I'm at today, and how God has blessed me with such favor and opportunity. And I think about where my friend is at, where he's um, really the purpose and potential of his life has been robbed from him. And it all has to do with choices, the choices that we make. So what we, what we see in life, the difference, the difference in the outcome of our lives is the decisions and the choices that we make. And what we must understand is that life is a matter of the choices that we make, and every choice you make is the choice that's making you. So you are who you are today because of the choices you made yesterday, and who you're going to become tomorrow is really shaped by, again, the choices that you're making even today. That's, again, the power of choice. Now, you're free to make whatever choice that you want, but you're not free from the consequence of the choice. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, listen how the scripture reads. It says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. One who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now, at first glance, this passage is about sowing and reaping, but it's really about choosing. It's really about the choices that we make and how the choices we make are are shaping the life that we live. See, there's a, a direct correlation between sowing and reaping. What you sow, you reap. So it is where they're choosing. The choices we make will shape the outcome that you experience in your life. See, everything in your life is a reflection of a choice you've made. So if you want a different result, then what do you have to do? You have to make a different choice. You have to make the choice that's going to position you for what you want to experience or, or what you want to achieve in life. You know, as I was thinking about, about choices, there, there's really three simple facts about choices. Here they are. First, life is filled with choices. In your life, man, you make hundreds, thousands of choices. Some are small, some are big, but you, you make a lot of choices. Here's a second fact about choices. You can make good choices or bad choices. Like I can choose to work out or I can choose to eat a donut. Uh, I could choose to read my Bible or I could choose to spend another hour watching Sports Center. I could choose to invest in my marriage or I could just choose to coast through life not investing in my marriage. Life is full of good choices or bad choices. But what you have to understand, again, here's the significant truth. The choices you make will shape the life you experience. That's why we're spending the next four weeks talking about the power of choosing. And talking about how you can shape the direction, the outcome of your life. What I've discovered in my own life is that God is good and he's constantly working for my good. And what I've also discovered is that I can make choices that align me to God's good work or I can make choices that keep me from God's good work. In other words, it all hinges on the decisions, the choices that I make. And the same is true, friend, for your life. That's the importance, that's the value of choices. So today we want to focus in, we want to talk about purpose, choosing purpose over popularity. See, if you, li- you can live your life for the approval of God or you can live your life for the approval of people, but, but you can't do both. And we all must make a choice between purpose 
or popularity. So, so what's purpose? Purpose is all about living life with focus. Purpose is all about uh, living out um, the plans that God has for your life. Purpose is about doing what you were created to do. And I believe, I believe God has placed within all of us a DNA, a wiring, ability, gifts that's connected to a purpose that he has for our lives. So that's what purpose is all about. And as we think about popularity, certainly there's nothing wrong with being popular. But when we choose popularity over um, over purpose, then what happens in our lives is that it can rob us of the purpose that God has for our lives. When we live our lives trying to gain the approval of others, um, it can actually keep us from the very purpose and plans that God has for us. See, destiny is not a matter of chance. Destiny is a matter of choice. Not going to just accidentally happen. No, it's connected to the very choices that you make. So you get to choose whether you live your life to please people or you live your life to please God. Again, we all have a free will. And the choice you make on a consistent basis will not only shape the life that you live, but it's going to shape your eternity. So that's why this is such a big deal. And we see all of this playing out in the life of Moses. In case you're not aware, before Moses was the great deliverer of his people, the Hebrew people, he was actually a prince in Egypt. If you read the story of Moses, you'll discover that when he was an infant, when he was born, that the king of Egypt was killing all of the young male babies, all of the Hebrew babies. And so when Moses was born, his, his mother's parents chose to put him in a basket and hide him in the Nile River. They were trying to save him from, from murder, from death. And it was in this uh, scenario that the king's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, comes down to the Nile River and she sees this basket. She discovers this baby in the basket. And Moses is actually adopted into um, the king's family. This young Hebrew baby becomes a part of uh, the dynasty of the Pharaoh. And I want you to listen to this summary of Moses' life, because although he was born into the palace, brought into the palace, raised in the palace, he chose not um, the way of popularity, rather he chose the way of purpose. The book of Hebrews summarizes kind of Moses' life for us. Listen to how the scripture reads. Hebrews 11, verse 24, 25, and 26 says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Notice he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So here's Moses. As a young boy, he like had it made. He, he was an Israelite who was raised in the comfort of the Egyptians' monarch's house. He grew up having like the best of everything, and he was positioned as a prince. Yet, he chose to follow God's direction. He chose purpose rather than living in the comfort of the palace. He chose to live a life of purpose rather than living his life to be popular. And it was this critical choice that positioned Moses to, to be dynamically used of God and actually the, to be the deliverer of his people from 400 years of bondage, 400 years of slavery. And as you look at Moses' story, I, I think here's a, a bit of a summary of Moses' story. Moses chose calling over comfort. I mean, think about it. He could have just hung out in the king's palace. 
having life easy, having everyone wait on him. But he didn't choose that. He chose calling purpose over comfort. Moses chose the right way over the wrong way. Hebrews 11.25 says he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Now, we don't know what the pleasures of sin involved. We don't know what that was all about. But what we do know is that Moses said, I'm not going to be a part of that. He chose... Um, he chose to do that which was right rather than that which was easy. I mean, it would have been acceptable for him just to, uh, you know, kind of go the way of the, of the prince, the way of the king. But he chose the right way over the wrong way. He also chose purpose over popularity. If he had chosen to stay in the king's palace and just be popular as the prince of Egypt, then he would have never experienced the purpose that God had for his life. The purpose was to be a deliverer. The purpose was to take the Hebrew children from bondage to the promised land. That was the purpose of his life. I mean, like he would have missed the adventure. He would have missed the miracles. He would have missed all that God did if he had chosen popularity over purpose. But we know of Moses' life, he was driven by purpose. He chose purpose. And I think here's a huge lesson. A huge lesson we can learn from the life and example of Moses is that living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. Let me say that again. That's a significant truth. Living for the approval of people will keep you from the very purposes that God has for your life. So, so what can we learn from the life of Moses about the value of choosing purpose over popularity? What is the power the power of purpose. I think there's four things that we discover from Moses' story. The first is this, purpose instills confidence. And when you choose purpose, this is what it does. It gives you confidence as you're processing life. We see this in Moses' life. In Exodus chapter 7, we actually have the first time that Moses goes before Pharaoh demanding that he release the Hebrew children, demanding that the, that the Hebrew people be able to go free from bondage. Now think about this. Think about you're a nobody and you're marching into the king's court and you're making a demand. I mean, that would be like you showing up in Washington, D.C., marching into the office of the president, you being a nobody and demanding something from the president. I mean, think about the courage that would take. Think about the confidence that would take. Now, I love this passage of Scripture in Exodus 7. You can check it out later. But as he goes in, God directs Moses and Aaron to take a staff, a walking stick, and throw it down. And, and as you read the story, the staff actually becomes a snake. And Pharaoh then calls his magicians, his sorcerers, and the scripture says by their magic arts, they took their staffs, they threw them down, and it, they became snakes as well. But what I love about the story is that Aaron's staff, Aaron's snake, actually swallowed up the snakes of the magicians. You know, this is one of those Bible stories that I would love to have it a, like a front row seat to see happen. But what we see in the midst of this is like Moses had great confidence. I mean, like he was a nobody from the desert, yet he's marching into the king's presence making this demand. How could he have such confidence? I believe it was because he was living his life on purpose. See, when we have clarity of purpose, we can move forward with boldness in times of adversity, knowing that we're on the right path. You know, I I, I was thinking about the past 25 years here at Grace Covenant and the multiple building campaigns that we've been through as we've been developing facilities, as, as God has blessed us and brought opportunity. You know, in every one of those situations, we didn't have the money to do what was set before us. 
But as our leadership team came together, as we fasted and prayed, as we clearly heard the voice of the Lord, as, as purpose was clearly defined, we were willing to move forward, not because we had the money, not because we had the solutions, not because we had it all figured out, but this was our confidence. Our confidence was as we had clarity of purpose, like God had spoken. And that when God speaks, this is what we believe, that where God guides, he provides. Somehow he was going to come through. And so by faith, we move forward. It's been amazing to watch what God's done. We had confidence because we had clarity of purpose. And I think that's what purpose does for us. It gives us confidence as we're navigating life. Not only that, I think purpose diminishes the distractions. Uh, you've probably realized this, but like there's a ton of distractions in life. There's a ton of things that's vying for your attention. And if you're a bit like me, I'm, I, I'm like ADD. I'm easily distracted. I'm easily co- taken off track, off course. Um, and what I've come to discover is that purpose, when I have clarity of purpose, it really dis- diminishes the distractions. It helps me stay focused even when people attack or, or injure or try to get us off track. It's sad to say, but oftentimes that happens. Um, I wish it wasn't true, but at times you have situations where other people don't want you to succeed. What are they trying to do? They're trying to distract you. And it's clarity of purpose that diminishes the distractions, that helps us stay focused, on track, on task. And we see this again in the example in the life of Moses as recorded in, in Numbers chapter 12. In this story, we have actually a little sibling rivalry playing out. Um, Miriam and Aaron, which have been Moses' sister and brother, they begin to grumble. They begin to attack Moses because Moses married a, a Cushite woman. In other words, Moses was involved in an interracial marriage. And so they're ragging him about his wife. They're on him about, about this interracial marriage. And, and then it even gets worse. The scripture says that they're saying things like, has God only spoken to Moses? Like, is he so great? Has God not spoken to us too? And, and what's interesting in this story, if you read the story, like Moses is not blown out of the water by these attacks by his siblings. He stays focused on, on, on course, on track. Matter of fact, in the context, the scripture says, now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. So Moses was not dissuaded or distracted by these verbal attacks, by this comparison that was happening between his siblings. What we do find in the story, I think interesting, is that the God brought judgment on Miriam. She becomes covered with leprosy. I mean, you know, that probably got her attention pretty quick. Uh, Moses prays for her. God works a miracle, healing her of leprosy. But in all of this story, what we find is it was the purpose that Moses lived with that kept him focused. It diminished the distraction. You know, one of the biggest distractions for most of us is the curse of comparing. When we know our purpose, we don't get lost in comparing ourselves with others. You know, I, I don't have to compare myself with Bishop T.D. Jakes and say, oh, why can't I preach the way he preaches? I said, as, as great of a preacher as, as, as he is, a great a leader as Bishop Jakes is, listen, his purpose is different than mine. I don't have to compare myself to the, uh, to the great Dr. Billy Graham who had a purpose about evangelism, filling stadiums, thousands of people coming to Christ. Great man of God who lived on focus, but, but my purpose is different than Dr. Graham's. 
And I would say the same is true for you. Listen, when you know your purpose and you're living your purpose, it diminishes distraction, especially the distraction of comparison. Here's the third value of, of choosing purpose over popularity and living your life to please others, others. It's that purpose pushes you through the pain. Now, we would all like, like life to be a pain-free journey, but it's not. Even when you're living your life on purpose, you can still come to difficult places. You can come to painful places. But it's, it's the clarity of purpose that, that helps you push through the pain. You know, I think of what the scripture says in Hebrews 12, too, about Jesus. Listen to how this reads. The scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But Jesus pushed through the rejection and the pain of the crucifixion of the cross. Why? Because he knew his purpose. He knew his purpose was to die that we might live. He knew his purpose was to bring redemption for mankind. Because he knew his purpose, then he could see something as the, as the cross, the pain of the cross, um, uh, something to be pushed through because he, he knew what he came for. He came to bring redemption for mankind. And we see this same principle playing out in, in Moses' life as recorded in Exodus 15. In Moses, in this story, Moses has just led the Hebrew children through the Red Sea. God miraculously parted the Red Sea. They go through the Red Sea. Then we have, um, we have, um, Pharaoh's army that's, that's drowned in the Red Sea. All of this happens. I mean, God has miraculously revealed his power. They're singing like how great Moses is. What a great leader. We want to follow you. We're so committed to you. And what's interesting, three days later, Exodus 15, they begin to grumble against Moses. And they're grumbling against Moses because they've been three days journey into the wilderness and they have no water. They come to the springs of Mara, but the water's bitter, so bitter that they can't drink it. Like, what are they going to do? And all of a sudden, like Moses has gone from being the hero to the zero. They're grumbling. They're complaining. Who are you? Why did you bring us here? And if you read the story, God directs Moses to take a, a stick of wood, throw it into these bitter waters. The waters become sweet. The children of Israel have water to drink. But what we see in this story is that rather than caving in under the pressure, rather than caving in under the pain of being attacked verbally by these very people who just a few days earlier was calling him the hero, is that Moses was able to stay focused. And I think it's it's purpose that in, that enables us to push through those painful, those difficult places of our lives. I, I think of this most recent time that we're walking through. I can tell you the past eight months for me have been the most trying, the most difficult, the most painful time of leadership that I've had in 30 years. I've been in pastoral ministry 30 years. The past eight months have been the most painful. So, so how do you keep going day after day? How do you keep focused? How can you push forward? I'm telling you, this has been the key for me is knowing my purpose. I know that God has me here for such a time as this. And that purpose has helped me push through the pain to stay focused on the mission. And I believe it'll do the same for you. What purpose, clarity of purpose helps us push through those hard places of life. And here's the last power of purpose is that purpose will enable you, purpose will empower you to please God. Listen again to how Hebrews eleven twenty six reads. He being Moses, 
regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his great reward. Because Moses chose purpose over popularity and calling over comfort, he lived his life in a way that not only pleased God, but opened the way for God to work through his life. He didn't accidentally become a great deliverer of his people. It was all because of his choices that brought him to a place that he honored God with his life. When Pharaoh tried to stop Moses, Moses was not deterred. When, when the Hebrew people complained, grumbled, and rebelled, Moses stayed on task. When his own family, his siblings attacked him, he was, he was not distracted. It was his choice of purpose over popularity that positioned him to please God. You know, the same was true of the early disciples. Acts chapter 5 records the story where the, the early disciples following Pentecost, they were out preaching the resurrection. They were preaching Jesus. And it's interesting, the religious leaders called them in and said, hey, you got to stop this. Stop preaching this Jesus. Stop preaching this, this resurrection thing. And I love what Peter and the apostles said to the religious leaders. Acts chapter 5, verse 29, they said, we must obey God rather than man. In other words, they're saying, we're going to please God. We don't care about pleasing you. We don't care about pleasing man. We're going to live our lives to please God. But they were, they were living their lives on purpose. And it was the purpose that was empowering them to please God. Folks, here's the bottom line. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. You live your life trying to please everyone, you're going to be so frustrated, so distracted, so off course. We can't please everyone, but this is what we can do. We can live our lives to please God. Then there's value in being liked by people, but the greater value is honoring God with your life. Certainly there's value of having fun with friends, but the greater value is being faithful to God. There's value in comfort, but the greater value is in calling. There's value in being popular, but the greater value is serving God's purposes. So I challenge you today, be like Moses, choose purpose over popularity. Listen, your existence is evidence that this generation needs something that your life contains. So choose purpose over popularity. And if you choose purpose over popularity, listen, I can't promise you that your life is going to be easier, but this is what I can promise you. Your life will be richer, it'll be better, and it'll be more productive. And as you choose purpose over popularity, God will honor your choice and He'll open doors of opportunity that you never thought would be possible. When you choose purpose over popularity, God will move in and through your life in ways that you never imagined. When you choose purpose over popularity, you'll come to the end of your life and you hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So I challenge you today and I challenge you every day, choose purpose over popularity. Let me pray with you. Lord, I thank you today for your hand of provision for our lives. God, I thank you that you have placed gifts and abilities in our lives and you've placed purpose for our lives. And Lord, my prayer today, not only for myself, but for all of those watching this this day, God, I just ask that you would help us make that right choice, that we would choose purpose over popularity. May we not get caught up in living our lives for the approval of others, but Lord, may we be those who live our lives to please and honor you. And Lord, I believe even as was true for Moses, so I believe will be true for all of us as we live our lives on purpose 
to honor you, to live for you. God, we're going to have not only an amazing life, but the fruit, the effectiveness, the productiveness of our lives will be great because we have chosen purpose over popularity. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.